consistent point here is any differences we have in this room may seem big in the room. Those differences are infinitesimal. We need to get over it. We get our heads out of our rear end, as we say in the Army. All right, that's uh, Florida Congressman Michael Wald sounding off on the ongoing divisions within the Republican conference uh, as they have yet to uh, select a House speaker. Now with a war raging in the Middle East and possibly beyond, will Republicans be able to settle on who finally holds that ever important gavel? With us now is Florida Republican Congressman and member of the House Judiciary Committee, Matt Gates. Congressman, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Well, thanks so much for having me. Congressman, what goes through your mind when you're being attacked for kind of starting this all off, right? And then meanwhile, you've got AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Cori Bush, they continue to fan the flames of hatred, of anti-Semitism going on. Do you think that, you know, people need to get their priorities straight and focus on the, the real uh, people that are trying to destroy this country instead of trying to attack you? Yeah, I, I don't really understand why trying to move the House into a more conservative position, trying to get a more conservative House Speaker would draw the ire of conservatives. Frankly, I, I've received a lot more uh, praise uh, from my constituents in Florida than I have criticism, but it's not really about that. It's about getting the House back to work. And I've got to share with you some troubling news that we just learned. After having elected Jim Jordan of Ohio, the House Speaker designate on Friday, we took Saturday off. We're taking today off, and I've just learned that pro tem Patrick McHenry will now ensure that we take Monday off and we don't vote. I am here in Washington. We are meeting with our colleagues. Uh, my colleague Corey Mills came back from Israel where he was engaging in harrowing rescues to be here to elect Jim Jordan for speaker. But what the swamp is trying to do, they're trying to delay a vote for Jim Jordan because they know he is not beholden to the lobbyists and special interests here. So I'm in this interview with you to turn up the heat on Patrick McHenry and any Republican who would try to delay a floor vote on Jim Jordan. If they don't want to vote for him, let them do it in public. I'm tired of these closed-door private struggle sessions that House Republicans have been having. Instead, we need to move to the vote and let the chips fall where they may. Typical of rhinos to uh, stop any real progress in Congress. Welcome back on this Tuesday. Uh, Jim Jordan, it looks like the vote is going to be held today at some point. And right now, or at least as of yesterday, at the time of this recording, your holdouts on the Republican side are uh, as follows. And let me just say the reason why this is important is because obviously Democrats look at Jim Jordan as a uh, radical, in their opinion, just because he wants to get to the truth and, and find out what Joe Biden's been up to. Um, and he's a conservative. So to them, that's radical ideology because God forbid anybody stands for something uh, that's actually truthful. All right, your holdouts right now. And this is important because if this is your representative, it's important to make those phone calls. And uh, We always try to make phone calls politely. We don't threaten anybody or anything of that nature. I mean, we don't threaten them in a violent way. You can certainly say to somebody that if, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, if you're not willing to do the will of your constituents, if you're not willing to put this man in place, which is what all of us want, because you work for us, then come election time next, the next time around, we're going to make sure that you're replaced. We'll do whatever's necessary to get you out of there and get somebody in there that's willing to do, um, willing to uh, abide by the will of the people. 
So Don Bacon, uh, Vernon Buchanan in Florida, Tom Cole, Oklahoma, Mario Diaz-Balart, Florida, Carlos Jimenez, Florida. I know you're going to start noticing a lot of trend here. Uh, Drew Ferguson, Georgia, Frank Lucas, Oklahoma, John Rutherford, Florida, Mike Simpson, Idaho, Rob Whitman, Virginia, Steve Womack in Arkansas. Florida. I'm in Florida. I mean, we, we dominated the last election cycle. I don't know what the problem here is. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I don't know what you're doing. If you're in any of these districts in Florida, District 16, 26, 28, 5, call your representative. Tell them we ain't down with that here in the state of Florida. We want a real conservative there. We want somebody that's going to stand for truth, somebody that's going to abide by the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. We want somebody that's a fighter in there that's a conservative. I don't know why that's an issue. I agree with Matt Gates when he said that. He doesn't understand why that's an issue. I don't understand why that's an issue either. Uh, I definitely prefer him over McCarthy and any given day of the week. So make the phone calls. Any of the other districts that I named there, make your phone calls. Call them up. Tell them, what, tell them like I said, if you're not willing to do the will of the people, then under, you know, we will we will vote you out the next time around. We will get somebody to replace you that's willing to do the will of the people. You know you're gonna you're gonna face steep opposition at the uh, ballot box from us. It's important, man. That's a powerful position. You know we need we don't need to uh, be lollygagging right now and internal fighting. And it's amazing again how the Democrats can unite around anything. As as dirty as a lot of those people are, and their low lives, and but when it comes to standing for their disgusting, inhuman ideology, they all stand united. But yet, typical of the Republican Party that we can't unite to put a speaker in. It's just typical. Uh, Jim Jordan needs to be there. They need to get back to work. There's a lot of stuff that needs to get pushed through. Um, a lot of bills that are just lying in wait for them to take up. We need to get a speaker in there. I, I listen to Brian Mudd, and I say this all the time. He's a, he's a data miner. And uh, I don't know exactly how he came to this conclusion. You remember I was out for some personal reasons, and I didn't get to listen to as much as I'd like, and I probably missed a portion of this. But it seems to me, I don't know if it's by default or not, but it seems to me that Hakeem Jeffries potentially can become the speaker if this process is delayed. Now, I know that it doesn't look like we're anywhere near that point yet, and I didn't get all the details on it, and if you're from Florida and you like Brian Mudd, you might want to pull that up. He kind of explains everything. Um, I didn't get a chance to, but worst case scenario, you want to talk about putting a radical as speaker, uh, there you go. Now you're going to have a radical as speaker, so we need to make sure that this happens. We have to we as conservatives, as Republicans, as right-leaning independents, we have to start putting pressure on the people that we elect. We don't just go to the ballot box every second and fourth year, uh, elect somebody, and then complain about the job that they're doing but not actually do anything about it. You know, there, there's many ways to do something about it. At, at a bare minimum, take 15 minutes out of your day to make a phone call. It's a phone call one time. You know, you're on your lunch break. But like, you know what? I'm going to use this lunch break. I'll sit there and eat while I'm on hold waiting for them. To, and I'm going to 
call them and tell them this is where it's at. Okay, this is who we want. This is what we want. And unfortunately, if you can't abide by the will of the people that you serve, we will have to vote you out. Simple stuff. I mean, and that, like I said, that's the least that you could do. I mean, you could at least do that. That would be big. I know sometimes it feels like, oh, it's just a phone call. What is one person going to do? Well, in that district, if the guy was receiving hundreds or even thousands of phone calls, blowing them up, that's a real concern. You are probably going to lose your job the next round because you got a lot of opposition there that is going to work against you and replace you with somebody that they feel will actually do what they're elected to do for them. You know, I mean, obviously there's other ways to participate, but I'm just saying the bare minimum you can make a phone call. So I would encourage you today, if you're in any of those districts, to make these phone calls, put some pressure on these congressmen, and get them to get in lockstep and vote this guy in. I don't. It's not that complicated. It would be nice to have a, a real conservative as a speaker for once, for at least, at least for a short while. It would be nice to have somebody there. I mean, there's not a whole lot he can do, granted, but that position does come with its own certain amount of... I always throw up air quotes here. Power. I don't. Uh, he has some weight. It gives him more weight in what he's doing. So, uh, I'd like to see it happen. We need to make it happen. We got to make some phone calls. We got to push people because it's important. It's very important. It needs to be done. All right. Your next subject. When will males? This was in red state, and I, I kind of like this article when I read it. Uh, when will biological males stop dominating in women's sporting events? <laughs> I, th- I think the answer is pretty clear. Um, they'll stop dominating when we as a society stop them from participating. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, uh, it's a good article. It's a VIP article. You have to be a, a subscriber to read it, uh, unfortunately. Um, but it's highlighting the issues um uh, of having transgender females compete in actual women's sports. They're not real women. I mean, it goes through, it runs through the gambit of everything there. Um, but, I mean, it's a simple answer. The simple answer is, is whenever society decides to step up and stop this from happening is when it's going to finally stop. Until that day comes, they're going to keep pushing with their agenda to do this. And it's unfortunate. And I've talked about this now for <coughs> at least the last couple of years. Um, it's a shame to see these young female athletes work so hard at these sports and really be the best in their sport, and then you get some this crazy liberals that, that allow, and they, they go with this ideology, and they allow this, this male to get in the sport, and he just, it's not even close. It's not a close competition. I mean, just dominates the women as hard as they've worked. You know, they can't have that special moment like, I am the best. Because they truly are. And it gets stripped away from them by a man. And you know my complaints on that. It's like, where are all your feminist groups? Where are all the people that are supposed to be on the women's side? Because that ain't no woman. It's a man. Bigger, stronger, faster. Where are all the groups at? Not saying anything. Why? Because they are just an extension of the Democratic Party or Democratic Party's ideology. You know, they're all in it together. It really has nothing to do with women. They don't care about women whatsoever because if they did, they wouldn't allow it. 
they if they actually cared, you would have them out in force stopping this nonsense. I can guarantee you 20 years ago, they'd be out in force stopping this nonsense because people ain't having it. But now everybody's on the take. Everybody's chosen a side. Everybody believes in whatever they believe in. Corporations are beholden to, to um, congressmen and, and congressmen are beholden to corporations because they're all working together these days. So they're not out. They, they care more about that than the actual women. You know, the, the article's a good article because of, you know, everything that's stated in it. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, the only way this ever stops is for us to stop it. And we stop it through legislation, getting with your congressmen to create great legislation that will stop it. You can even, just like you call your congressmen, call these organizations that are allowing these men to compete in women's sports. And you can express your concern and your disapproval of it. And you can put pressure on them that way. There's, we have to fight the same way they fight. And that's when all of this really truly goes away. Because it's sad to see all these women that are supposed to be having the greatest moment of their life. What they have worked their entire lives for. Seeing it being stripped away by a man. Not even another woman. I mean, women, you lose to another woman, then you're just not the best that day. It just is what it is. That's part of competition. The only reason that you're losing is you're losing to the opposite sex because they're better because they are bigger and stronger and faster than you. That is it. I don't care. Look, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. But just I try to use common sense and what I think, and you could argue this point with me all day long, and that's fine, and you can give me every technical reason, but you know what, reality is reality, and what I believe is what I believe too. I don't care that you've been on a, uh, they've been, whatever the drug is, they give a man to take the testosterone out of you, a testosterone blocker, or whatever the hell it is, okay? I don't care that you've been on that, and well, no, they've been on it now for a year. Taking you off of it for one year, there's plenty of guys that have low testosterone, plenty <laughs> and because it's low and you're down to the bottom because I'm sure I'm sure as a male there has to be something left in there because it's it's damaging to the male body if you have nothing so they got to leave something maybe they just take it down to what would be considered a normal level of a woman and I don't care that you've dwindled them down for a year or 18 months or whatever it is prior to competition. That that does not all of a sudden magically, you're 21 years old, you've been a male your whole life, you've been on a testosterone blocker for a year and a half, you've got 20 years of growth, of bone growth, structure growth, muscular growth, it doesn't dwindle away in a year. Uh, you're just going to be still bigger, stronger, and faster. And it's proven over and over and over every single time somebody's in there. Every single time one of these men are competing in women's sports because it's not like they're beating them by little, a little. They're, they're annihilating them in most cases. Now, some guys, which is kind of, to me is kind of funny, uh, they go out there and they still lose to the women. Yeah. <laughs> just shows how pitiful you were in the very beginning. No wonder you're trying to compete with the girls because if the girls are all beating you, man, you you weren't even in the competition with the guys. Okay? You're the one we're all making fun of. I can guarantee you that. Huh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it, it just all it all has to come to an end. And it's a shame to see them, these, these young girls and these older women, your titles getting snatched away 
by somebody who wants to play dress up. It's just, uh, it's depressing, but it does stop like most everything else in the world. It stops when we say it stops, when we actually do our job and, uh, put a little bit of time and effort into, again, contacting people, putting together lawsuits, putting together, uh, legislation, uh, calling up the, uh, heads of the, the, the whoever's putting on the sporting event or whatever organization is for that sporting event and putting the pressure on them it stops when we stop it and if we don't stop it shame on us because all these poor girls what do they have to look forward to if <clears throat> why do they even strive to be great if they know that in the blink of an eye a man can come in there and what they've been working for the last 15 years of their life on can just be taken away from them that quickly <sighs> We're living. This is an insane world. It really is. We're we're living not in normal times. Not even close. Uh, Starbucks. You know. You know it was crazy. You know I had I talked about Starbucks the other day, and uh, and I was ranting and raving about that. And uh, as far as like, you know, sucking making coffee, but that's not where I'm going with this. I was uh, perusing through. Uh, I forget where. What what I, what what I was on and I ended up caught my eye anyways, that they were hiring for the manager of a Starbucks. And, uh, where was it at? I want to say it was in Fort Lauderdale. It was somewhere down here in the Tri-County and in Miami-Dade, Broward and Palm Beach County. So somewhere down here. Anyways, what blew my mind was when I saw what a manager, the starting pay was down here, it's a range, and it was on the 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 maximum range, but was seventy nine thousand dollars a year, eighty thousand dollars to manage a Starbucks. That kind of blew my mind. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I'm, I I I'm thinking forty five fifty grand. You're you're running a Starbucks, which is not it's not terrible money if you and your spouse are working or whatever, and you're making that. You guys are making a hundred hundred thousand dollars together. You guys, I. Depending on the state you live in, I guess. I guess California and New York, you're not doing too well. But I think $100,000, you're middle class or upper class, depending, again, on the state, anywhere else in the country. But I was kind of blown away when I saw the amount of money that Starbucks is paying to their managers. I don't know if they're uh, franchised or if they're not, but it, that's a, a pretty pretty decent salary considering you, it's just a coffee shop. Now, I'm not, if you work there and you're a manager, I'm not degrading what you're doing. I'm just saying to your average person, to your average Joe Schmo on the road thinking it's just a coffee shop, I, the first thing that I think of when I do uh, Starbucks is starter job. The people behind the counter, you know, should be making starter, you know, learning to come into the workforce type pay. That used to be the job for kids. You know, nowadays, everything's $15 an hour minimum wage, and that's why you're not seeing all these kids working the way they should be working. Uh, like we did when we were younger, you know, hell, my first job, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to think, yeah, my first job <laughs> yeah, my, uh, was $5 an hour. Oh, yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, that sucked. Yeah, five bucks an hour, you work all week, and uh, I know it was part-time, and I did 20 hours a week, and, you know, get 100 bucks, and Uncle Sammy takes his portion, and uh, after working all week, 20 hours as a kid, you get 80 bucks, which 80 bucks was okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but I mean, it's a starter job. It was pocket money and you do out, go out and do some stuff. Still was kind of like, man, this sucks. <laughs> so 
So, I don't know. Me personally, you were thinking that, uh, I, I, from an average point of view, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking starter job for Starbucks. I'm certainly not thinking $80,000 a year for a Starbucks. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, Starbucks is threatening to take legal action against uh, the workers' union that's representing nearly 9,000 of its employees after it voiced support for the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. Uh, this was posted by the Washington Free Beacon on Sunday. Uh, following the massacre of 1,300 Israelis, Starbucks Workers United, an affiliate of the Service Employees International Union, wrote Tuesday in a now-deleted post on X, formerly known as Twitter, Solidarity with Palestine, the union representing 340 Starbucks locations in the country, also liked a post by one of its members that read, Once again, Free Palestine. So, uh, you know, what a radical change from Starbucks from what they were years ago. Uh, not even that many years ago. I'm only talking a couple years, not, not, not many years, but at least, you know, a few years ago. Um, you remember, they were making it Starbucks is for anybody. You can come into the bathroom and use drugs. They were putting needle, dis- needle dispensers in their bathrooms. If you remember all this that was going on, and I mean, we all knew like, okay, yeah, that's going to, that's going to go over real well. And it did uh, six, six months to about a year later, they cut that program off. Why? Because you're having junkies just hanging out in the store there. They're hanging out in the store. They're leaving all that nasty stuff and messing up your bathrooms and making it unsanitary and unsafe for people that are coming in to pay for a very expensive cup of coffee. And they have to deal with that nonsense in the meantime. I don't know if it was every Starbucks location or it was only in certain states. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, just such a, a different point of view from where they were before. Uh, I'd even remember reading some stuff, but they were from some um, not really trusted sites, so I can't verify this one way or the other, but uh, during the uh, uh, Pride Month, they weren't putting up anything. They were taking down their Pride stuff, and uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, if that's the way they're going and they're pulling out completely of politics and they're just sticking to coffee... Uh, they will survive. And if you're paying people the amount of money you're paying people, you're certainly going to get a better class of people in there because that's a pretty decent starting wage uh, that you could potentially get, especially if you have some experience, to be the manager at a Starbucks location. That's kind of crazy to me that they're they're coming out the box making that kind of money. Again, and they, they provide you, from what I saw there, I don't know how good their benefits are, but they at least say that they provide all the benefits and college re- college reimbursement or tuition reimbursement and everything. Um, so pretty interesting. Not that I care about college, but uh, pretty interesting there, I thought. Um, a little bit crazy. <laughs> I know, I, you can tell it blew my mind because I'm still kind of going with it, but I don't know. $80,000 a year. I'm looking at that and I'm going, I mean, yeah, how many of these poor bastards at construction companies go in and they're making like 60 grand a year? as a supervisor at a, at a construction site and they're working and they're themselves to death. And I don't know how many of you people have worked hard in your life, but you're, you're, you're in pain every day. You know, I I do a a lot of manual labor and I can tell you my fingers, my fingers and my back and my knees and my ankles, they don't like me most days. (laughs) I can can promise you that they they don't like me most days. My back don't like me any day. But but everything else don't like me most days. I can. There are some days where it's put it this way: if you're in enough pain that you happen to notice that you're not in pain that day, 
it's a good day. <laughs> you know what I mean? But on average, you're always kind of getting up. That knee's a little funny. That back's always acting up. There's always a little soreness. Your hands are always a little bit inflamed and aggravated because you're grabbing and pulling and squeezing them all day long. So your joints are a little bit uh, tired. And so if you notice you're not in pain, that's always a always a plus. Uh, it's just a shame to see these guys working that hard, being in that, and their bodies in that type of a condition. Working, doing construction, doing something where you're building structures or you're repairing or fixing things, and then you got somebody just running a coffee house making more money than you make. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't know. Like I said, you can tell it blew my mind. Uh, I was going to go with something else today, but being that we're at the 25-minute mark, I guess uh, that'll about do it for me. So, with that being said, uh, if you like what you're hearing, spread the news. If you'd like to reach out to me, go to one of my uh, handles and uh, send me a message I'll respond I hope you have a beautiful Tuesday tomorrow's hump day we're halfway through the week we'll see what happens with Jim Jordan and we'll do it again tomorrow